The cord is freed. Might the doctor have his... There is no Japanese word. Forceps? I brought them along. Mino taps his medical box. In case. When the maid sees the foreign contraption, she exclaims in alarm. Forceps? The doctor replies with no further explanation. The housekeeper lifts the muslin to see. No, I don't like the look of that. Foreigners may chop, slice, and call it medicine, but it is quite unthinkable that... Do I advise the housekeeper, growls Mino, on where to buy fish? Forceps, explains Orito, don't cut. They turn and pull, just like a midwife's fingers, but with a stronger grip. Miss Kawasemi, I'm going to use this instrument to deliver your baby. Don't be afraid and don't resist. Dr. Mino's bony fingers encase Orito's wrist. "'What is it you're waiting for?' asks the housekeeper. "'The next contraction,' says the doctor. Kawasemi's breathing starts to swell with fresh pain. "'One and two, counts Orito, and push, Kawasemi-san!' "'Push, mistress!' exhort the maid and the housekeeper." Dr. Mino pulls at the forceps. Here he is, gasps the maid. Here comes the baby's scalp. Here his face marbled with mucus. Here comes the rest of his slithery, clammy, lifeless body. Oh, but oh, says the maid. Oh, oh, oh. Kawasemi's high-pitched sobs subside to moans and deaden. She knows. Chamberlain Tomine gives instructions to a servant outside. Inform his honour that a son was stillborn. Dr. Mino and his midwife did their best, but were powerless to alter what fate had decreed. Dr. Mino withdraws from the curtained tent to give the midwife space. A moth the size of a bird enters and blunders into Arito's face. Batting it away, she knocks the forceps off one of the copper pans. The forceps clatter onto a pan lid. The loud clang frightens a small creature that has somehow found its way into the room. It mules and whimpers. A puppy? wonders Arito, baffled. Or a kitten? The mysterious animal cries again very near. Under the futon? Shoo that thing away! the housekeeper tells the maid. Shoo it! The creature mules again, and Arito realises it is coming from the crib. Surely not, thinks the midwife, refusing to hope. Surely not! She snatches away the linen sheet just as the baby's mouth opens. He inhales once, twice, three times. His wrinkled face crumples, and the shuddering newborn boiled pink despot howls at life. Captain Lace's cabin on the Shenandoah, anchored in Nagasaki Harbour. How else is a man to earn just reward for the daily humiliations we suffer from those slit-eyed leeches? demands Daniel Snitker. Why so certain there'll still be a company to pay us in five years' time? 
The British seized the Cape, Coromandel, and Ceylon without so much as a kiss my ass. And the Java itself is their next fattened Christmas goose as plain as day. In such times, Forston Bosch, a man's sole insurance is saleable goods in the warehouse. Why else, for God's sake, are you here? Captain Lacey issues a gargantuan belch. Forston Bosch addresses his clerk. We may record our verdict. Jacob Desert nods and dips his quill. Drumhead trial. I fulfilled every duty of my post, insists Snitker. Duty? Forstenbosch signals to Jacob to pause. Our warehouses were burning to cinders whilst you, sir, romped with strumpets in a brothel. Shithouse rats who blacken my name because I'm wise to their tricks. Is it a blackening of your...